0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Shaka Presents Movie Night. I'm your host. My name is Rudio Bias. Uh, joining me for this episode, he is a podcaster, Fat uh, for Fat Guys uh, at the is his wonderful podcast, Fat Guys at the Movies, which I've I've appeared on a number of times. Uh, uh, Kevin Carr, thank you so much for joining me here on Movie Night.
1: Thank you so much. It's good to be here. I actually campaigned for this, didn't I?
0: Yes, you did uh, vehemently. You, you like hounded me. I want to talk about Prometheus with you. Uh,
1: reason, and I do. I do appreciate the fact that last night you you said I have to get to bed early because I'm recording something with Kevin tomorrow, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you have to rest up to deal with me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no pressure here. But uh, so it's, it's interesting. Last time I was on on your show. Uh, when we're in the infamous uh, middle segment when we can just like let let fly whatever we want to say, I started talking a little bit about Prometheus and you cut me off automatically. Oh, I jumped but, your shit all over the place. And I, like, totally I, 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 I kind of felt bad about bringing it up because I felt like I ruined like something inside of you uh, and I wouldn't let it go. I just kept talking about Prometheus <laughs> and thinking about it, listening to that episode. I felt bad that I, I kept bringing it up when you didn't want to know anything about it. Um, we, we've gotten a chance to see the movie. Uh, uh, and so, uh, Kevin Carr, what are your thoughts on Prometheus? Are you glad that you didn't uh, – you, that you went into it without knowing anything about it? And I guess what were your overall expectations going into the movie, um, it being a lo- somewhat of a loose prequel to uh, Ridley Scott's 1979 film Alien?
1: Yeah. First of all, I am very happy that I – Lived in a vacuum. I lived in Prometheus vacuum for the last couple months because after seeing it, I went back and watched the trailers. And there's some serious stuff that's dropped in the trailers. E- even just in all the trailers, there's elements that are surprises or should be surprises. And so, th- so in that sense, I'm glad I got to see everything cold uh, because it was it was a fascinating ride. Uh, on a weird little side note to that. By not watching the trailers, I wasn't quite sure what to expect in terms of tone. So it took me a while. I mean, it took me like half the movie to actually get to the point where I, I was like, OK, this is what it's doing. This is, this is where it's going, where you get a better sense if you watch the trailers, if you've seen the pictures, if you've seen the stills. So um, not that what I did was a bad thing, but it was an interesting experience because it's definitely made me want to see the film again now that I kind of know what to expect.
0: Yeah, uh, going into this movie, and actually my expectations were somewhat tempered. I mean, I I think at the beginning of the year, I was really excited about it, just thinking about what movies I was excited to see – for the summer, and Prometheus was at the top of the list, but I felt um, my anticipation kind of dying down as as closer as it got, um, namely because I just didn't I I too did not want to like absorb myself in that much of of the 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 marketing campaign that Fox put together for Prometheus. I did see um, a, a kind of an instructional video with uh, Michael Fassbender's uh, character David, and I, I thought that was a pretty good take into what i feel that they're trying to do
1: and that's um, also not a spoiler now having gone back i can watch that and be like you know what they say in there is it, it's not you when you introduce the character you it's not like this big surprise that he's he's synthetic
0: yeah and i i um i think that was the extent of it i watched the and the trailers that came out um uh of the movie prometheus and and i Actually, not knowing what the movie was about when, when I saw the trailers at first, I mean I, I couldn't put anything into context. But now after watching the movie, I, I feel like, oh, that stuff shouldn't really be in the, in the trailer. But yeah. uh, I, was, I was OK with it because I was really invested into the movie by the time um, those elements happened. Um, overall, I really loved the hell out of Prometheus. I thought it was a fantastic movie. I was really surprised. Um, how much I love this this movie! Uh, I I'm a, I'm a big Alien fan. I'm a big Aliens fan. The, the sequel, and I'm actually kind of okay with uh, David Fincher's Alien Three. And um, I I and I don't uh, Alien Resurrection is not a very good movie, but I could watch <laughs> it uh, if it's on TV. Um, but I I think my I didn't watch and. Alien while going into this movie, and I think that helped m- me appreciate this movie for what it is. When I watched this movie, I saw it for what it was, um, not a prequel but just a science fiction movie. And on that level, I think it's absolutely amazing. Uh, what did you think of Prometheus?
1: I uh, I also – I really did enjoy it. I, I really loved it. I, I – for for the longest time, Ridley Scott was out there saying it's not a prequel to Alien. It's not a direct prequel to Alien. And people are like, what? It's about Alien. It's about – and after seeing it, I know exactly what he meant. It is – because if you look at the Alien films, they're all the same in essence. I mean I thought that they did some things different in each one, but it's basically – a monster escapes in this very limited area, and then people have to escape or kill it. That was what they did in Alien. In Aliens, it was just on a colony with a bunch of them. It was back on. It was on a prison planet in infantry and it was back on a ship in Alien Four, and even Alien versus Predator, you had them at a Arctic research station, and then you had them in a small town. So <laughs> it kind of all treads the same ground. The series, and Ridley Scott abandoned this entire series more than 30 years ago when he made the first movie and if you look at his filmography that guy doesn't repeat himself he does movies that are a similar tone you know kingdom of heaven and gladiator kind of share a certain amount of connective tissue but every movie he makes is its own film and he does that with prometheus it's not a horror film it's not something that leads right into alien it sets the stage for what could become alien and in that sense, like I said, it's not a horror film. It's a science fiction film. It's a, it's a, it's an esoteric film. It's it's something that I would say has. It's sort of like 2001. I said this in my review. It's like 2001, a space odyssey with um with 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 more violence and less psychedelic drugs.
0: <laughs> I, I- I think this is Ridley Scott's attempt to make his version of 2001. I, I think from the opening frame of this movie, it, it's pretty clear that, that he, uh, <laughs> 2001 was a big influence on um, Ridley Scott in making Prometheus. And I, I, I love this movie because this movie is is I, my favorite genre is science fiction. Um, but I'm what I love about this movie is it does what good science fiction is supposed to do it 's supposed to ask questions about who we are, where we come from, and where we 're going as as a species of humanity and This movie does all of that um, it 's not um, an adventure movie like like um, j j abrams Star Trek or um, george lucas 's Star Wars. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a different movie like that, and I think it, it lays more in with Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey more so than the adventure aspects of, um, of science fiction. Not that, it, that, that I don't enjoy Star Wars. I, I love Star Wars. I love J.J. J. Abrams' Star Trek and Star Trek in general, but yeah. I think this movie is, is going for something different. It's going for something uh, a little bit more thought-provoking than what those movies were trying to get at.
1: Yeah. It's rare for me because I see so many movies. It's rare for me to want to seek out a movie and see it again before it comes out on Blu-ray because chances are I'll seek out the Blu-ray and get a copy for review purposes, which is going to be like three months or whatever. But – uh, it's rare for me to say, no, I'm actually going to go. I've seen it in in a press screening. I'm now going to go put down money and watch it again, which is my plan. I, I, I want to see it because there's a lot that you miss. There's a lot that ties in together. And it, it's also it's it can't be said enough. It's a beautiful movie. It is. It is some of the most breathtaking uh, shots. It's sort of like think of. Those opening sequences of melancholia and the space sequences in Tree of Life two movies i wasn 't a big fan of as a lot of people know, but those sequences, the visual just arresting visual impact that those have in those opening sequences that 's the kind of movie you see only it has a
0: story to it. I, I, I I agree to that to that extent I mean I was a big fan of uh, Tree of Life and, and melancholia yeah. um, I, I think I, I agree with you that the 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 opening sequence of this movie is, is immaculate. I, I, it's, it's such a beautiful, magnificent opening sequence, and it, it really, I guess, gets you in the right mood or, or uh, keeps you aware of like this is the type of movie that this is going to be. Um, I, I thought – I think seeing this movie in 3D is ideal. Yeah, um, I don't think it's the best 3D I've seen, but it's pretty damn good 3D. Did you see it in IMAX? I did not see it in IMAX. I saw I saw it twice already. I saw it twice in <laughs> two different press screenings, um, but uh, both were in 3D. But not imax i really want to see it in imax now yeah um but the 3d is is really integral into the full enjoyment of of this movie uh yeah. and it's it doesn't it doesn't seem like it's kind of like a wasted thing like let's up convert this to make uh some some a little bit more money at the box office uh, I, I really think it's part of the overall movie going experience to enjoy this movie in in 3d
1: yeah the last movie that i that I saw in a press screening in three d and then made a point to go see in imax and pay to see was avatar mm. and i feel the same for the same reasons because it's it's such it's it's just such a visual stunning experience and um I, I i i was not unhappy with having to go pay and go see it again in in IMAX I took my kids so it was of course six hundred dollars to get in <laughs> so uh, you know i'm I'm looking forward to seeing it again and and for like you said for, for me to want to see a movie again uh, it, it, and pay premium to see that—that's—that's that's not common.
0: Uh, it's interesting. You you bring up Ridley Scott's early career, like when he came out with Alien in 1979, and it, it it actually it's pretty interesting thinking about it. I think this movie has more in common with Blade Runner than than Alien, yeah, just in yeah. terms of how. Uh, I, I guess messy this movie is, how ambiguous it is. I mean, it, it asks these big questions, but it never goes out and answers them for you. It lets you figure them out or at least speculate or, or spark your imagination, which good sci-fi is supposed to do, spark your imagination. And I think Ridley Scott didn't want to do a sequel to Alien because he made Blade Runner. Uh, and I find that interesting, and I, I do I see more parallels to, to Blade Runner than I do with Alien.
1: I totally see that. I mean it definitely is a murky, it's a darker film. I mean, it's, it's very bright and colorful in a lot of ways and in, in a rich color. But it, but it is – it's very dark in tone and at times cinematography-wise. But it is that it, – it's ambiguous. It is not it, – it, it, it sets things up to say, OK, I know I can guess. I can speculate how we get to Alien from there. But there's not a line drawn. It's not a dumbed-down movie where it says, well, this happens and this happens and this happens. Cut to the end of the movie. The storm was flying off into space or anything like that. And that I think is what's brilliant. It also sparks – like you said, it sparks discussion. But I don't think it's cheap discussion. Like uh, back when Inception, which I like Inception, when Inception came out, there's the whole thing. Is it a dream? Is he out of the dream? Is Inception happened? Blah, blah, blah. That to me was a bit of a cheat argument because I could just see – Christopher Nolan saying, "Oh he he he!" People are going to be discussing this for a while. I don't think that Ridley Scott's there wringing his hands, expecting people to discuss it. He's like, "These are questions, and this is realistically what happened." If if you encountered what they encounter in in Prometheus, you're not going to get the full story, and it's going to leave up to a speculation. But the I think the discussions are going to be grander and uh, deeper and, and and more important.
0: Yeah, and I I, I said this in my review that. I, for for years to come like you know within the you know after this movie is long on on home video after it's been in theaters and people have seen it when it's on TV I think this movie has so much rewatchability to it because it is ambiguous and you want to go back and and see what like what were the answers to this question to that question and because it does spark so much debate whether you yeah. like it or not um I can see it lasting longer than than even Inception because in comparison to Inception, it's pretty cut and dry um, where in fact um, I think Prometheus is just so ambiguous and I think that's what he was going for with the movie. I I feel people are frustrated with with the fact that it is so messy, but I I like the fact that it's messy. I like the fact that it's not a clean movie and um, part of me just doesn't really understand uh, our our, our, our colleagues – reception to this movie. I, I know some some film bloggers and some film critics absolutely hate this movie. They think it's, a, it's, it's vastly disappointing. It's, it doesn't live up to the hype or the expectation um, where, where, in fact, I, I didn't have that expectation. I was just you know watching this movie uh, on its own merits and, and not mm-hmm. really thinking about the Alien franchise at all. And I think that that's kind of important into watching um, Prometheus. And I think Ridley Scott was right to say this really isn't a prequel to Alien.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, what I find interesting is if you go back historically, I even, I tweeted this out actually right before we started recording, I'd be curious to see, I don't know, I don't have access to reviews from 1979 and I don't know if there's any archive of these. I'd love to go back and see what the critics of the day actually said about alien. And it's the same thing. You get that a lot with, with alien was like that. The thing was like that. Star Wars was like that, even though the Star Wars was a huge hit. Um, and there were like if you take like Siskel and Ebert when they first reviewed Star Wars. If I'm not mistaken, they either gave it middling or it was a thumbs up, thumbs down. It was not a very positive reaction. Years later, when they were in a retrospective, they're like, "Oh yeah, it's a classic <laughs> science fiction. It revolutionized modern movies." Um, I I would love to see exactly what people were saying about aliens in the in the grand sense about the first one because. They didn't know what it would become. They didn't know the career it would launch. They didn't know the franchise it would launch. And I think sometimes it takes a couple of years to step back and look at a movie and be like, yeah, that one's going to live. Whereas, take for example, I'm just going to pull this out, out of the air. Tony Scott's Unstoppable, which was an enjoyable movie for what it is, it's already forgotten. (laughs) <laughs> it came out two years ago. You're not going to get people analyzing and looking back and saying, hey, this was a great movie and this was one of the best movies of 2012 that came out uh, or 2010. Uh, but who knows? May- 20 years from now, maybe people will be like, yes, Prometheus was one of these worthy prequels that kind of spanned 30 years uh, afterwards and takes place 30 years before. And, uh, you know, I'm curious to see what not just the critics back then thought, but what the critics 20 years from now, we'll say about Prometheus and if they'll change your tune.
0: Well, well, I, I think it, it's, it's an interesting thing where uh, a movie like Prometheus, you don't necessarily have to watch or, or be any, uh, you don't have to really be aware of the alien franchise that mm. uh, you can watch Prometheus as its own thing. Uh, I, I'm kind of, uh ruining the day when the the eventual sequel to Prometheus comes out. I mean the way this movie ends it does kind of end in in a kind of a cliffhanger way or just yeah. um I'm not to say that it's not a satisfying ending. I think it's a fantastic ending. But I'm pretty sure they might make a Prometheus part 2. Um I kind of don't want that to happen because I don't want them to want to tackle the, <laughs> the, the 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 questions um that I'm the, the answers I'm sure people are expecting or or want from um from a movie like Prometheus. I said this in my reviews, the, considering that the fact that Damon Landeloff, the, um, the showrunner and writer uh, of, of TV's Lost, um, and that movie, I mean, that series was full of mystery and um, was full of mystery and it didn't have a very satisfying payoff to to a lot of people who who love the hell out of that show, me, me being one of them. Yeah. Um, I think what the difference is between... Um, Lost in, in, in terms of the mystery and Prometheus in terms of the mystery is that the, this movie is never really grounded in its characters. It's, it, it's, it's grounded in its narrative, and I think yeah. that's really important into creating what, the, what a mystery is. Lost went the other route and said this is a, a, a show about characters, and when the character arcs are, are, are done, that's it. But by having all those mystery elements in it, it, it seems like the mystery see, or events seem somewhat trivial to Lost. Wherein, as the, the character moments, I'm not going to say they, they're, they're trivial, trivial to Prometheus, but I, I don't think they're as important as the bigger questions or the big, bigger mysteries that uh, release really Scott leaves up to the audience.
1: And that's the problem when you have whenever you throw in mysteries like that. And to, to cite two TV shows, um, you've got Lost as, as, as one of them. X Files is another. It has these grand mysteries, and then when it's then when they're forced to kind of say, "Oh wait, no, this is actually what it is." You're just going to piss off a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. It's never going to be as good as what you imagine it could be. It is in fact like it, – it's a me- you know what? These mysteries that Ridley Scott lays out and David Lindelof lays out in uh, Prometheus are a metaphor. The alien in Alien is a metaphor for it. It's more interesting when you don't see it. When you don't know exactly what it is, it's more interesting and it has more impact, which is why, of course, they shoot – uh, the alien in shadows and while they actually cut shots in the in the original alien of you, you see the full body alien. It's, it's much more impactful when it's in shadow. And you can you, – your, your mind will be – will create something better um, than if you'd be like, oh, that's just a guy in a suit.
0: Uh, let, let's talk about the performances in Prometheus. Sure. What did you think of um, Rapaz as um, uh, Dr. Elizabeth Shaw, like the the protagonist of the film? And I guess also um, the the cast in general: Michael Fassbender, Charlize Theron, <laughs> Just Elba. Uh, what what did you think of uh, the actors in this movie?
1: Uh, well, first of all, let me just say with with, with Rapass, she is. Just simply adorable, I have to say. Everyone got you got introduced to her as as Elizabeth Salander, so you expect this hard edge. But then you kind of just let her grow her hair out. and She puts on makeup. She just looks so
0: adorable. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um,
1: you just kind of want to like kind of like cuddle with her. But I mean, but she does pull it off. I think she does a good job carrying the movie. It's it's never been a. Uh, it, it, it Ridley Scott has always put strong women in his movies um and i said this on my podcast the only thing is is that he shows that they're really bad drivers in velma <laughs> louise but um <laughs> but he put strong women in movies uh you know with of course uh you know ellen ripley being the one he starts with and uh, i thought she did a good job living up to sigourney weaver i thought she did a good job you know, carrying the movie on her shoulders, but I have to say the real star of it is David, uh, Michael Fassbender is David. I mean, he's one of the greatest modern actors of our age, in my opinion. I think he's kind of shown up out of nowhere in a little bit of even though he's been around for a while, just the last couple of years, he's kind of hit these high-profile films. And with good reason, he's not just in there slumming it. He's not Pauly Shore suddenly getting a whole bunch of <laughs> whole bunch of movies, and you just see him a lot. He's a damn good actor. And he embodies this character that is that is against the type that he normally plays, uh, and, and I, I mean I would be challenged to say what he normally plays and other characters like you know Andrew Selva was a bit of a a stock character and but he was fun in the movie yeah. and uh, you know of course Guy Pierce not yeah Guy Pierce does a good job as as his as the uh, as Wayland.
0: Uh, I, I I really. I love Numa Ripass in this movie. I I agree with you. She's absolutely adorable, but she does have, uh, like, you don't feel like that she's helpless at all. So, and I I, I like that aspect of of this character. I mean, she is fearless, I feel. She is completely fearless in this role. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, there 's definitely one scene where, where it illustrates how fearless she is we 'll talk about that one later yeah. um, I, michael I, I agree with you about Michael Fassbender i mean this guy 's been in a lot of indie films and it 's really since you know he was in x men first class last year he was magneto and he was a, he did a bang up job in that and I think he does a much better job as as David in Prometheus um, and I would highly recommend checking out. A, a lot of his, his indie work as well. If you'd like to see, I, I guess, because he, he has this charisma and presence on the screen that just cannot be ignored, and he he definitely has that in Spades here um, with, with David. I, I love I liked Idris Elba as just somewhat of a comic relief, you know, kind of to lighten the 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 heavy tone of the movie. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a scene with him and uh, Charlize Theron's character Meredith Vickers that <laughs> I absolutely uh, chuckle and laugh and and, and enjoy uh, both times. I've seen the film, mm-hmm. and I think Charlize Theron is pretty, pretty fantastic in this film considering the last movie that we, we've seen her in was the, the evil queen in, in Snow White and the Huntsman. She's playing a different type of role in this one where she's really cold, really calculating, um, but she's not evil. You know, I, I don't consider her to be the bad guy in this movie. I just think she's, she's a woman who's just really cold and distant, and she just wants to get the job done and wants to go back home.
1: Well, and actually, in reality, there is no bad guy in this movie.
0: Yeah, uh, but it, it seems like every conversation I've had, it feels like people want her to be the bad guy, the the yeah. the um, the antagonist in this film, but she's not. You know, she's just just. She has cool. her own agenda.
1: Yeah. Everybody has their own agenda, and the agendas don't always mesh <laughs> with and, each other.
0: <laughs> uh, and. I I think having even like the space journey odyssey to to this film is 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 fantastic and uh, the opening sequence I guess let's talk about that it seems like a lot of people are confused on what that opening sequence was about. Um, okay. what, what did you? Are, think we, of- are we going to? Yeah, this territory uh, this now. is this will mark the the spoiler parts of this movie. So, listeners, we're spoiling the hell out of Prometheus. Play the
1: klaxon. Turn on the flashing lights. Spoiler alert. Spoiler. alert. Spoiler alert. So,
0: we <laughs> highly recommend checking out this movie. Um, so stop listening and watch the movie and then come back to this part. But what did you think of the opening sequence and I guess what did that mean? It seems like a lot of people were confused on um, – at least in every, most every conversation that I've had uh, were confused with um, what that scene was about.
1: Well, here's the thing. Now, I, with the with the danger of completely sticking my foot in my mouth and sounding like an idiot, to me, it seemed pretty clear. Now, what I'll tell you what I thought it is. You could be like, oh, that's totally not it. I'll be like, I feel like a moron now. But it seemed to me that what it was is that these, these engineers came and they wanted to seed life on Earth for whatever reason. That's the whole thing. There is no reasons behind it. We're just given the actions. We're not given reasons. They just wanted to seed Earth. So they have something that if you – Take it into your body. They have something that will basically mutate your cells and change into another form, and that's what this this they put basically their sacrificial lamb, and he took his he took the uh, took the took the juice, (laughs) and and it kills you. You know, from death comes life, and falls apart, and his DNA has changed. And becomes different and boom, suddenly we get an, an insurgent of of a new possible species that ends up in the water supply. And from that point on, at whatever step in evolution and that just sort of kick-started the evolution of, of our species. That's how I took
0: it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's how I took it too. I took the opening sequence being Earth. Earth yeah. all along, like the, the reverse planet of the apes. You know, It was yeah. Earth all along. And yeah. it, it's interesting. Like every – conversation i've had after watching prometheus people didn't realize that that was earth at the beginning of the movie uh they, they always they thought of it as an alien seemingly alien world because there's an uh, there's a, an alien on there and there's a spaceship and so i guess that's where you would think but i i don't know why wouldn't you think it was earth um well, the name gives it away. Uh, Any, it's Prometheus. It's
1: stealing fire, and the fire being the evolution. The 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 fight, not not uh, not fire, not literally stealing fire and, and giving it to a new species, but it's taking the, say, the advanced DNA or the advanced genetic material and giving it to what eventually becomes humans, and yeah. so that's where we get our intelligence.
0: And, and I think, uh, no, knowing that that approach to just thinking that that was earth all along. And then the first shot being a a direct reference to Stanley Kubrick's 2001, a space odyssey. I I feel it's pretty clear that Ridley Scott is, is taking that model and and going a step further instead of in 2001, a space odyssey uh, at the dawn of man, Ridley Scott takes it to the dawn of, of, of life on earth in general, you know, goes that, that one step further than what Stanley Kubrick was, was doing in, in his film. And that approach, my approach to that in the movie, and that's how I took the whole movie. Um, really, for me, elevated this movie to something that you typically don't get during the summer blockbuster season. And I think if you, if you want to, if you want a movie that has uh, cheap summer thrills, this this isn't this movie, isn't it? This movie is a much smarter movie than that. Not to say it that it isn't thrilling. It has a couple
1: points where it's like, okay, we got to throw this in there so people know they're watching an action
0: movie. Yeah, there's definitely great action in in this movie, but. What I liked about this movie was the fact that it's, it's a lot smarter than that. I think every time they show um, – like another Easter egg that I, I realized while watching this movie, every time they show the planet Earth like in a hologram or on a map, they, they don't show what you would normally see being Afri- in America. You wouldn't see America. You'd see Africa, and I thought that was pretty interesting that the the, the maps of the world show Africa, which you know, as we all know is the cradle of civilization where where humanity comes from. That is, I thought that was a very smart little touch that that really got through it and throughout the whole movie.
1: Yeah, definitely. No, I I noticed that too, and I thought that I said, well, that was that was nice to take it away from its uh, um, you know, sort of you know American centric roots, <laughs> which which is which shows a bigger picture of of the world, and like you said, that's where humanity began. Uh,
0: and, and so like even getting into um. Into this film, then when it skyrockets to uh, the actual spaceship stuff, and the name of the spaceship is also Prometheus, uh, I, I really I, just seeing people in hypersleep again, you know, really, you know, got me going. I, I love th- those aspects of the movie, uh, but but there's, I, I think there's a point in the movie where it's either you're on board with what's going on or you're not, and I think it, it, <laughs> it, it, it's it's the point of the movie where. Um Elizabeth Shaw gets uh, gets something inside of her. She she becomes pregnant, uh, but it's yeah. it's not uh what what does David say? It's it's not your typical fetus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's never what you want to hear at the OBGYN. <laughs> exactly.
0: And um I can't believe this movie went there. Like in my audience, when I saw this movie, audible gasps, audible like cheers, like people were just cringing in their seats. Well, What did you think of this scene—the birth scene or the abortion scene? However, you want to see it. What did you think of how that um, that scene played out?
1: I, I first, the first thing I thought of when I saw that movie, I'm like, well, there goes there's the R rating. <laughs> so that was that's
0: where it got the R rating. And I'm glad they didn't cut it out to get it a PG thirteen.
1: No, I'm glad too because I, you know I think as a PG thirteen movie. I think saying it's R isn't necessarily saying that this movie is too violent or – and I was talking to the rep afterwards and she said, oh, there was a couple F-bombs in there or whatever. And I'm like, "Okay, that will give it an R rating. But – it's 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 an adult movie. It's a grown-up film. It's not for – it's not for somebody – I mean I, I you know, a teenager or preteen could even see it and, and, and could get something out of it just like watching 2001. But you're not going to understand 2001 at, at any level when you're like 12 uh, did, did or 13 you, years did, did old. Did you take your kids the, to see this movie? Uh, I might. I don't know. Oh, so you didn't my, take them see, during the spring. My kids see some pretty crazy shit.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think your kids could handle something like this? Like like that scene namely?
1: You know, I the I led my. I was talking to a friend of mine uh, who's got kids slightly younger than mine, and, and he was like, "You, you would you can, And I'm like, "Well, here's the thing. Um, for me, in general, I don't like uh, I don't like no rape and no dr- You know, massive drug use. Those I think are, are things I don't want my kids to see. But when it comes to like violence and swearing, first of all, they, there's nothing that they're going to hear in a movie that they don't hear when I'm driving. And <laughs> And when it comes to this movie, it reminds me of – I saw something written about Stephen King and his kids where his kids were wanting to watch an R-rated movie when he was – a when they were younger and their friends' parents wouldn't allow them to. And they're like, look, you got to understand their dad deals with this stuff every day. This is nothing new for them. So for them to deal with horror elements isn't horrifying because their dad writes it. And for me, I'm watching – Crazy ass movies all the time. I'm seeing very inappropriate stuff. My kids are coming in and out of that, out of the room. Um, I've shown them stuff. I take my son to see 24-hour horror movie marathons. Um they know that it's a movie. And they and they can, they have because I see so many and it's such an integral part of my life, it's a lot easier to make that separation. And, and there are times when they're like, no, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see that much violence. And then I'm like, then I know they don't want to see it. They're not they're not intrigued by it, they're not titillated by it um and if it's something they don't want to see like i actually i was watching final destination the last final destination movie and they're like eh, and they were walking in they're like i don't want to see this it's not something i care about right now and that's because they're used to they see it and they know it's fake so i'm not as scared about doing that but yeah <laughs> ripping out a, a alien abortion <laughs> So, might be a little
0: uh, raw. <laughs> I mean, uh, so so you've decided not to take your kids to this movie? Yeah, no, I'm. Pro- I might take them. Okay, <laughs> I can take my four year old. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend that either. Um, but I, I don't know. What did you think of that scene, though? I mean, did you did you cheer? Did you cringe? Uh, did Did you could you believe that this movie is going in that direction?
1: I I know it's I, it's not that I couldn't believe it was going. I was I was when I saw where it was going. I'm like. Let's see if they got the balls to do it. And that's, that's was what I was thinking. And then I, I was more interested in seeing what came out of her because I was fascinated by the fact that apparently whatever this alien technology is, it, it, it evolves on its own into something that's un, not predetermined that sometimes is resulting – to what it's surrounded by, so I wanted to see what came out. I wanted to see if it was going to be the little xenomorph that came out of Kane in the first movie, or was going to be something. And it wasn't. It was what squid type
0: yeah. creature? Yeah, it was kind of like the the face hugger thing at the beginning of Alien, vaguely uh, resembled. Ki- like but like <laughs> like probably like a pre evolution of that. But it, it kind of looked like that, but not really.
1: Yeah, but oh, you can see. Well, that's the thing. That's why. That's why I said. Whatever this stuff is that the engineers are putting in, it's not, it doesn't have a predetermined outcome. It will then evolve on its own, sometimes disparately, convergently, divergently. And that's what's so, whereas you saw the worms earlier and they kind of turned face hugger ish. And then that thing was turned into a giant face hugger. I mean, it's, uh, um, that's why I was more fascinated with where it was going because you're like, oh, we're getting closer. We're getting closer. Are we going to get to a real alien yet or I don't know. And, and that, to me, that was a lot of anticipation. So as gory as it was and as, as brutal as that scene was, um, I was more interested in the outcome. I wasn't bothered <laughs> by it. Yeah.
0: It, it seemed like from what I've been hearing, uh, people are fainting during that scene. People really? are having seizures during that scene. Uh, uh, I, I know at least in one press screening in Seattle, someone did faint uh during that that scene, I mean it does really the get in yet today I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean i I think the idea of it, and then actually, like when the machine goes inside of her. You know, I I really didn't think the movie would go there, but I, I, I had a big smile on my face. The fact that it did, um, I, I thought that that was an absolutely wonderful scene. And the fact that afterwards she's so woozy, like after she gets stapled <laughs> together, <laughs> she's so woozy and bloody and just like like uh, trying to find the strength to go down these hallways was pretty, pretty amazing <laughs> to me. Yeah, Oh, she.
1: I think she sold that, too. And I oh, mean, yeah. that's it's not just the effects and and. Really, gore-wise, it it wasn't that gory. I mean, it's not blood and guts pouring out or anything like that. It, not in that scene, not really in any scene. But it's it's her acting that sold it, and that's why I think she's so she's such a tiny person. <laughs> she's I mean, she's like three feet tall, and she's so adorable. And she's doing this horrible thing to herself. It'd be very different if you took somebody like Indra Selba and he had to cut it out. And, and he although he's a great actor and can could sell that, it it, it it's even more uncomfortable. It being her.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I love the imagination in this movie. There's this – or at least it sparked my imagination. There's, there's this moment when she's running through the, the, the hallways of the ship Prometheus and then she turns a corner and then she passes by this, this big red spacesuit. And they never go back to that. They never use that spacesuit. And for me, it's like, oh, they show it. They're going to use it sometime in this movie and they never do. And it kind of upsets me that they never do. But I think that's the stuff that I like about about sci-fi or or just good world building is they, they show you a glimpse of this stuff. And then they don't use it, but then you think, "Oh, what are they going to use uh, something like this suit for?" Um, this movie Or they use something of- for something, and then it, and, and it blows up anyways. Yeah, and, and this movie is kind of, is full of stuff like that.
1: Um, and I like that because it's playing with convention. Because I do I do get so annoyed when it's you know it's one thing in a James Bond movie when he goes into the queue. Q, uh, uh um uh, you know the Q division and they're like oh you have this this one little really obscure piece of technology that'll only get you out of these really random situations and you know he's going to get in that situation by the end of the movie it's it's fun in a james bond movie it sucks when it's in a when it's in a movie where you're like well you know they, they there's that gun on the wall that we pointed out two scenes ago why don't you go get that
0: yeah i i think uh i just I love the design of this movie the alien design the the ship design i I love where the the captain uh stands <laughs> on, yeah. on, on on the bridge. I thought that was like i 've never seen anything like that before, and it makes sense like oh of course you would stand uh, like right there uh, and so like thinking about like star trek like oh i don 't think it would be practical to be sitting that far away from from uh, the people running your ship and, yeah. and, and sitting so comfortably you would stand and and you you would kind of direct uh your crew, in the same manner, Idris Elba does uh, as the captain of Prometheus,
1: which is what happens on a real ship. They're all in that little. T- the bridge is relatively small in a, in 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 even a big in battleship as we saw in battleship. <laughs> <laughs> we yes. saw how real
0: battleships work. If if one thing you get from the movie Battleship, we know we finally know now how they really work on the inside. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. There's there's so much in this movie that I, I am looking forward to seeing again in IMAX uh, on a visual level, a, a narrative level, a character level that – I don't know. I, can, can, can you – have you read reviews of of this movie? I mean you've seen reactions to it. Can you understand why people aren't so on board with it like, like you and I are? I mean I, I, sometimes I can see like, oh, I can see why people don't like it as much as I do. But for me, I, I just – I can't. I can't see uh, – uh, people not liking this this movie I,
1: I think it comes in, in two different ways on that. one of them is I think, and, and i haven 't read reviews I just i 'm re- going by uh, reactions i 've seen on Twitter and what other people have said. Um, my sense is, is, is probably the biggest thing is it 's not what they expected, and I, and I think that what your expectations are, especially considering how iconic alien is, and you 've got the same director returning, the expectations no matter who you are, it's going to be ten times worse. Of saying, "I want the movie to be this way," and it's not, and it's not going to be that way for anybody. It's different, no matter how you cut it. And for me, I embrace that. It's not alien. I just saw, I saw a headline that says Prometheus is not alien, but it still does, delivers the thrills. And I'm like, it's a, it's good that it's not alien. It, it shouldn't be alien. And I think people just kind of have to get a, away from that a little bit, and and know what to expect. I also think that. In a little, not a lot happens in the grand scheme of things. I mean, we kind of just all go back to the starting point. So I, I can see where, I've seen some criticisms where they're saying, it, 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 nothing happens. It looks pretty, but there's nothing happening in the movie, and I'm okay with that. Again, it's it's not about, you know, it, it doesn't lead right into Alien. I think there are some people that were expecting that to be even more, and I have my theory of how we get to Alien from there. Hmm. But I, mine's not. I don't know if it's true. You have to ask. I don't even, you know, I don't even think that, that Damon Lindelof or Ridley Scott know exactly where it ties to Alien. And I think that bothered some people because they wanted an Alien prequel. Which is why Scott spent so much time saying it's not a direct prequel. Yeah. Even nobody I, listened. Uh,
0: I, I firmly believe him now. I mean, it just yeah. takes place in the same universe is all. Uh, it doesn't necessarily – I think this is a smart way to do prequels that it doesn't have to line up so much to, um, to what you're making the prequel of. That just the fact that it just takes place in the same universe, um, in many ways it's like kind of like a sanctioned fan fiction. You know, only the fan fiction is is Ridley Scott. You know, the fan is Ridley Scott himself. (laughs) Um, And that's I'm fine with that. I mean, I love Star Wars fan fiction. And but the fact that, you know, I would love to see George Lucas do uh, some of that fan fiction, you know. Yeah. Well, you know,
1: getting into the again, one of the things is not having answers. There's since we're in spoiler territory, we can talk about this. There's a scene where David starts to communicate with one of the space jockeys and he says something what does he say? I don't know. (laughs) He's speaking in an alien language or a foreign language. And maybe they actually had some sort of language that they translated down into ancient language for him to say, whatever he says, piss the hell out of that space jockey. (laughs) And he rips his head off. I'm like, the fact they don't explain it. I love that fact because I'm like, it shows that What we think the engineers are doing, that's – we're not – our agenda is not their agenda. Their agenda is their own agenda. They wanted to wipe us out for whatever reason and it didn't work (laughs) and we just ended up – and he wants to complete his mission. Or maybe he just wants to go home. Maybe he wants to fly out and get a snack. We don't really know what he's trying to do even at this point. If he's going to – they think he's going to fly to Earth but do we really know? No, we don't.
0: Yeah, and I, I really don't think that is necessarily that important to the outcome of the movie i mean it's important for the the later discussions of what do you think but i don't think it's an that it really needs to be addressed that much in the film i mean i i i love that moment um i guess when the action does ramp up in, in that scene uh, a, a lot of people die in that part and yeah. <laughs> and that's when like uh, i think the the third act starts to to amp up and I, I enjoy that. Like the other stuff about um, the uh, Whelan Industries, uh, like what is their ultimate uh, agenda with going to this, this alien world that's never really explained? I don't think it needs to be explained. Uh, I think sooner down the line maybe that will be explained, but I, I, I really think that's a secondary thing and really shouldn't be a ding on the movie. I mean yeah. from from w- what I learn about how to review and watch movies? You have to really take the movie on its own merits and not your expectations of the movie. Uh, I think that's a failing of of the the reviewer or the audience, and not necessarily a failing of of the movie itself.
1: Yeah, and I just recently watched Alien before this, so I, I'm you know I'm not eager to race out and watch it again. But um, I'd love to watch Alien and Aliens now, knowing what had happened and, and and seeing if this could tie together. Because one of the things I I think was neat about it is the whole. Again, everybody has their own agenda, and their own agenda is righteous to themselves. Uh, Wayland's agenda is immortality. He knows he's going to die. He wants to find a way. He wants to, again, steal that fire, and which is why the ship's named Prometheus. He wants to take that fire away from the, uh, the engineers and, and find out a way to live longer, and that's why, of course, David's doing these little experiments on his own, but to go from that point to say... In the, uh, you know, alien and aliens were like, oh, you just want these for the bioweapons division. You're like, now you have to sit there and think, well, maybe they don't. Maybe that's just what they're assuming that they want to ship at home for the bio Maybe they have huge grand uh, ideas for what to do with these things
0: when they get home. Maybe that's what uh, Charlene's character, Charlene Theron's character, ultimately wants for the, for the corporation, yeah. Uh, and yeah. You know, but to me, like all that stuff is 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 really secondary to uh, the bigger questions that Ridley Scott is asking in, in this movie. That and the fact that he doesn't answer them, you know, bravo! Like uh, I, yeah. I, the second time around watching it because I, I really didn't think maybe that first time watching was just my first knee-jerk reaction to it but the second time around i i like this movie even more and uh, there there's this, there is really something into in this movie that um is completely enjoyable fits into uh how you feel science fiction should be and the fact that we get you know we don't get science fiction movies like this all the time we don't even get this type these types of movies every year uh, or even every couple of
1: years yeah I, I think
0: probably the last a uh, sci-fi movie that had these bigger questions was uh, Moon from a couple years ago, if you remember that yeah, one, yeah, yeah, I'll give you Moon, yeah. uh, or, or, for or, that, yeah. or Sunshine. That, that was another one. Yeah, um, I've heard other. I've heard some other people compare it to Sunshine. Yeah, uh, and Benedict Wong is in all three of those movies, so <laughs> uh, he, he was the the Asian crew member in in this movie, and he's in all three of those big science fiction movies of the past. He's five the years. glue that
1: ties it all together.
0: <laughs> yes, it's, it's all about Benedict Wong's character.
1: So, what what do you think <laughs> happens at the end? How do you think we go from Prometheus? To alien. I'm curious to
0: see what uh, other people think. I, I, I'm not really sure. I mean, from what I understand, there might be another trilogy of this. I mean, the way this movie ends is um, there are other ships, you know, alien ships to get off this this rock that they're on. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that they they figure out the planet that they're on is not the home planet of these aliens. It's it's just you know kind of like a, a battlefield or a place where they have experiments uh, and, and not wanting to go back to Earth, but wanting to get more answers. Uh, which kind of really does line up with uh, Elizabeth Shaw's character of wanting to know the reasons why. I mean that's why she came out there in the first place, and it makes sense why she would want to continue on to find out why if it's, if it's a possibility instead of going back to Earth. Um, it goes back to her uh, ideas of God and religion and having faith, and I think – Those little ideas peppered in throughout the whole movie really does inform the audience to um, Elizabeth Shaw's character and I guess the overall narrative. But uh, I'm not really sure. It feels like they're just going to go to another planet and find out what else is going to happen. I mean uh, Mm -hmm. I I don't know if it's going to go in that same direction that Aliens did go in where it's a military action film. Um, It depends on who directs (laughs) it. If – April Fool's Day rumors that James Cameron wants to do the <laughs> second Prometheus movie. <laughs> um, perhaps it See, will be. See, here's,
1: here's how I think this actually ties to Alien. I think Elizabeth Shaw's, her, her storyline will go off on its own and be completely separate from Alien. And the fact that she doesn't return at all to the Earth, at least from what we know, shows that there was a gap in time, because it's 30 years between this and Alien. So I think what had happened sometime in the past... Another ship went off to either eradicate humanity or eradicate somewhere else, another another place that it was supposed to eradicate and there was an infection in there. And that thing crashed on LV-426 and eventually when the Weyland-Yutani Corporation is sending the Nostromo out, there, like, oh, let's – they found the signal that's reminiscent of this and since they never heard from the Prometheus – They're like, oh well, why don't we send them over to this planet and check this out? Because this is a similar signal to the one, the 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 data we have from from LV what two two six wasn't the name, wasn't the number of the planet on the cartography
0: map? Uh, I did not take notes during that. That
1: <laughs> I think I think it was because when I saw it I'm like, oh wait, wait, that's not 426. I remember seeing that and
0: <laughs> Man, i, I, I would just I'm a imag- bit a nerd. <laughs> I, I would imagine if I was sitting next to you in the theater your reaction to that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was like I, you and I sat next to each other during the uh, Planet, Ride of the Planet of the yeah. Apes and I heard you just making chuckles at every little Planet of the Apes reference to the original film. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think, I think that's what it is and, and I think it's what I would have been very sorely disappointed is because at the end of the ship shit, taking off and flying, I was going to be sorely disappointed if you, if the, like the post credit sequence is the ship crashing and landing on LV four two six and it bursting out of the space jockey and going downstairs and laying all these eggs. I would have been like, ah, oh, it's a bit of a cheat. I mean, because I think that's what people wanted. Yeah, but I'm glad it wasn't like that. I love the fact that you're like. Because the, the, it's, it's taken off, and you're like, oh, that's going to be the one. And then it crashes, and I'm like, well, that's not the one.
0: <laughs> well, the, 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 I guess the stinger part of, of the ending, I guess the, the, the fan service aspects of, of, uh, of Prometheus is just really that one scene at the end when the, the, the alien does come out of uh, – is born, you know, and yeah. then then snarls, and then it's not necessarily the same type of like second alien coming out of the mouth, you know. It's getting there, but it's getting there. You can <laughs> see how it's is. It might evolve to that way, but I think that was that was really the only fan servicey part of the film. I felt. Yeah. Here's the question I have: What does ten, eleven, twelve mean? Did you stay yeah, at the end? I, I stayed at the end. Uh, like the, I thought that was a pretty cute thing with uh, the footage shown as property of Wayland Industries 10, 11, 12. I was just thinking, is that the date the the the, the Blu ray is going to come out?
1: <laughs> no, because whether you take it as an American date as as October 11th, 2012, or as an European date as November 10th, 2012, yeah. neither of
0: those fall on a Tuesday. Uh, I wonder how that lines up with, with Alien there because I was wondering that too. What is 10, 11, 12? I was like, oh, that's the day the you – know, the, the home video version of this is going to come out. But
1: I'm wondering if that's just the corporation de- incorporation date of, of the Wayland Company hmm. that, that, because cause how old is Wayland? Because wait, when did the TED Talk? When does the TED Talk fall in? That That's what, 2030 or something like that? Uh, when does that take
0: place? I am maybe not that's sure. when. Maybe that's when he was born. I don't I don't know.
1: Know. 10, 11, 12. Yeah, well, the, that Waylon was born because he was, you know, he was what ninety some.
0: Yeah, like,
1: yeah, and this was taking place in what twenty twenty
0: ninety three. Three. Yeah, twenty ninety three. Well, it starts in twenty twenty eighty nine, and then. It's 2093 when uh, they're actually on the ship going to the, the planet. But then at the end of the movie, it's it's New Year's, so it turns it to 2094. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, the TED Talk took place on uh, 2023. Okay, so it's not his birthday. Maybe it was the incorporation of the Wayland Industries. Maybe. I mean, I I, I did notice that and I, I made my uh, my – my my one friend who who went with me the second time around to to like we have to stay to the end you know there's a small little thing it's really minor and it's not it's not like a big thing like Nick Fury at the end but yeah. it's it's a minor thing and I I feel it's somewhat important because they they did show it uh, some people were disappointed by that and rightfully so because it isn't really a big deal but I I, I don't know what those those numbers mean um, I guess we'll have to wait till October or November yeah. When they announce uh, the Prometheus sequel, uh, speaking of which, <laughs> there you go. That's what it is. Oh, how how well do you think this movie's going to do this weekend? Uh,
1: you know, I don't know. It, it only opened in a handful of like about ten territories already overseas, and it's made about a little less than fifty million, which isn't bad for just you know when, you're, when your when leading places are like Denmark and Finland. Uh, you know, it's in the big ones are France and France and Russia so it's so it's yet unproved apparently it's doing very well in the UK it's already open there uh which is, makes sense because it's a Ridley Scott film and his stuff plays definitely to a to a european audience i don't think it's not going to be a 300 million dollar movie in the us i i think it's good for a you know a, a good solid opening weekend fifty million ish opening weekend i don't think it's going to be a massive hit uh, i think it's got a lot to overcome being an r rated movie opening up against a kids film um, but I think it's going to have legs. I think it's going to have a little bit of a, a steadiness. I hope to God it doesn't just sink. It yes. has the potential to sink.
0: I, I hope not either. I mean I, I really hope this movie doesn't fail. Uh, I mean I would like to see a sequel. It won't bother me if there isn't a, a, a sequel to this movie. I think what we have is plenty. Um but yeah, I'm happy if it were to end today, I, I, I'm, I'm happy with what
1: we got. I don't. It, it doesn't feel like, you know, to use an example like John Carter, where you're like, oh, they could have
0: made more movies of this, but they're not going to. <laughs> <laughs> and and th- this movie is, is very good. And I feel it does deserve to have uh, that kind of a box office. But I don't know some people are saying, you know, five, half a half a billion dollar box office overall, like when it's all said and done for, for Prometheus. But I think it'll do very well overseas. Uh, we we shall see. I mean, I don't. I doubt it's going to do Avengers uh, money. It's not going to make two hundred million
1: dollars yeah. in the
0: states on opening the weekend. I, I don't think Dark Knight Rises will do that either. Unfortunately,
1: uh, no. I, I don't think we're going to see that again this
0: year. Yeah, I think that that the big movie money making movie of this year is is uh, the Avengers, and it will just stay that way. You you got the Avengers. You've got Hunger
1: Games. You know, between the two of them, they're close to a billion dollars in the states alone. <laughs> so, I don't think uh, I don't think we're going to get anything more than 300 320 in general for anything. But for
0: Prometheus, I wouldn't be surprised if it ends somewhere between 150 and 200 million. Uh would would that be a disappointing box office? I mean, this the budget of this is like a according to Wikipedia 120 130 million.
1: Well, Here's the thing. I mean, the box office for Take, think like it's, it's, if this year has shown us anything, it's not just about the US. It can make between 150 and 200 million dollars. I could see it make 400 million overseas, and that's more than enough to cover its costs. And then you got video home video, you got all the ancillary markets as well, because. You know, we're not going to have like Cappy meal tie-ins. <laughs> your own little abortion kit. <laughs> like do do surgery on your chicken
0: McNuggets. I, you're not going to see that as much as I'd love to. Much I, would, as, yeah. I would love to have one of those little action figures of like uh, uh, Idris elbow with, with a he comes with an accordion.
1: <laughs> he comes with an accordion. Yeah, newbie newbie and, and, uh, and, and you like it can open up her belly and the little thing will fall out. <laughs> A little like alien squid.
0: That'd be awesome. I, I really like the, the Lawrence of Arabia stuff. I mean, I really I want to watch I now want to watch Lawrence Arabia again. Yeah. And 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 compare the two characters uh, uh of, of Michael Fassbender and Peter O'Toole and, and see like why was David so attracted to to that character, you know, like what informs us of of uh Lawrence of Arabia to Prometheus.
1: Where yeah, where are the connections? Because I think part of it is also just the tip of the hat to say, the he's he's it's it's him saying he's he's not watching Batman, so you know this is not a big action movie. He's watching an epic. He's 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 obsessing on an epic film.
0: Yeah, and especially at that point, a really really old old movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but I I love that like just him watching uh, Lawrence of Arabia and then him you know dyeing his hair and and you know saying the same. Lines and that that stuff was just for for a movie geek like me. It was pretty cool. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, anything else you want to talk about with uh, Ridley Scott's Prometheus?
1: No, I mean I think that's about it. Just the just the um, it's it's a brilliantly made film, and I just uh, I hope it does well. I won't be totally disappointed if it doesn't do well because if you look at Ridley Scott in general, his his movies he hasn't had a movie that's broken a two hundred million dollar domestic at uh. all. Now, yeah. Part of it's inflation, but – but no, I mean I, th- I think this is – I think if, if this does on par with his bigger hits like American Gangster and, and Gladiator, I think, I think it's, it's to be expected. And I look forward to him doing a Blade Runner sequel as he's been hinting
0: at. Uh, yeah. I mean if, if it's like uh, – just takes place in the same kind of world and not just really a, a full-on sequel, that would be cool. Yeah. Um, all yeah. right. So where can we find you online, Kevin Carr?
1: You can find me online and you can complain at the things I've said. You can you can get my podcast at FatGysatheMovies dot com. Or you can follow
0: me on Twitter at at Kevin Carr. Very easy. Two Rs, Kevin Carr. And you can follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Rudy underscore Obias. That's R-U-D I E underscore O-B-I-A-S. You can find me right here on writing uh, movie reviews, much like the movie review I did for Prometheus. And you can also find me on a where I do a, another podcast and everything that is Rudy at rudyobias.com uh, on the next episode of movie night. We're going to be talking about uh, rock of ages. Uh, so hopefully that will be a, a fun time. Uh, I am, I'm looking forward to that movie. I'm just going to say that right now and, and I'm going to go into the theater wanting a good time. So uh, closing out this episode of, of movie night. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Goodbye.